One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, guys, welcome to School of the Holy Spirit. Uh, This is Wisdom Filled Warriors. I think it's part 32. Uh, We're going to talk today about a very important topic, um, something that's near and dear to my heart um, that really illustrates the reality of the war, um, the war that you're in, the war that the church is in, and the war that Jesus Christ is equipping his believers to confront, to see, to recognize, um, so that his church can be transitioned um, into what it's really supposed to be, which is his army. Um, His army of believers all hearing the Lord and doing what the Lord is instructing uh, people to do that makes them supernatural. And so um, I'm going to start off today uh, talking about a dream the Lord gave me when um, he started awakening me to this reality of a Jezebel spirit. And, you know, a Jezebel spirit is something that um, in a lot of places, a lot of charismatic um, organizations, you know, the topic of Jezebel is talked about a lot. Um, And so people have some misnomers on it and um, some, you know, different perceptions on it. Um, I want to, I want to zero in on one key aspect and that, and that is the, the war of uh, Jezebel with the prophetic anointing, or actually the the war of the prophetic anointing to actually hunt down Jezebel. Let's put it like that, because that's that's the way it's supposed to be, right? The end game of Elisha was the anointing that went on Jehu, and he actually went and hunted Jezebel. And so the point of today, the point of this message, and really the theme of what we've been talking about in Wisdom Filled Warriors, is that you um, are no longer the hunted you are anointed in the power of the Holy Ghost and you become the hunter, right? No longer are you simply a gardener in the war. You become the warrior in the garden. And instead of the snake, the serpent intimidating you, you actually turn the tables and intimidate and hunt your enemy. And so we're going to continue on that theme. Um, I want to talk today about um, a dream the Lord gave me uh back in 2011 and uh yeah that's like what that's like uh almost 11 12 years ago now and um so um the lord gave me this dream when he was uh beginning to lay the foundation in my life of what he was calling me to do and what i would ultimately be doing in the equipping of the army of god and so um in this dream um He showed me a large church sanctuary was filled with people and hovering over the people in the sanctuary was this, um, it was a demonic power, but it was dressed as a bride. It was like 30 feet tall um, and it had a white dress on. And so to the average person, this dress, you know, you would have, you would have think that this entity, um, because it was wearing white, 
was something that was good. But um, as we continued in the dream, um, this demon, it had the appearance of a woman. Uh, her hair was pulled back in a ponytail, makeup, her face looked amazing. Um, this wedding gown all poofed up. Um, it just had the appearance of a true bride, right? Um, but the people that were sitting in, in the seats in, in this, in this sanctuary, um, they were all beaten down. Um, their heads were down and I noticed something. The Lord pointed something out, uh, specifically about the men. All the men had the word eunuch written on them. Okay. Um, and so everybody in the church was powerless and, you know, if you kind of get the picture without the ability to um, reproduce the church, right? You're, without a ma without the male reproductive ability, uh, the church there's there is no ability to reproduce. So we'll get to that here in a minute. But I'll continue on with the dream. Um, so as I'm looking at all this stuff, I'm I'm in my dream. I'm like, oh my gosh, the the men they've all been emasculated. What what's going on, right? Um, and so suddenly the Holy Spirit steps into the picture, and he grabbed the the bride's dress and lifted the the skirt, lifted it up high enough to where I could see that um, they they were not the legs of a woman. They were the legs of a man. They were they were hairy legs, and there were on on one leg was written the word sorcery, and on the other leg was written the word seduction. So the Holy Spirit was letting me see what this thing really was. It appeared white. It appeared like a beautiful bride, but the Holy Ghost was cluing me in that um, what was actually ruling over the people was sorcery and seduction. Okay. And so, um, as I could see these words, uh, the Holy Spirit then dropped a skirt. And it was like a moment where um, this demonic power uh, recognized that, that I could see it. I knew what it was, okay? And when, when it recognized that I wasn't like the other eunuchs, that I was, I was in the sanctuary, but I wasn't like um, everything else that did not have the ability to reproduce, uh, this entity turned, looked at me and started coming at me, um, with like eyes, uh, burning with hate. Okay. Um, at, at this moment, the Holy Spirit walks up, hands me this battle axe, um, and begins to instruct me to throw the battle axe at the, the quote unquote, the bride. Okay. And so when I throw the battle axe at the bride, the battle axe hits the bride in the chest, hits her so hard that the bride is literally knocked out of the back of the church. Um, and so there's this huge gaping hole in the back of the sanctuary. And Jesus walks in through the hole and he says these words to me in a dream. It was it was powerful. He, he, he approached me. He looked me in the eyes and he says, get Jezebel out of my church. OK, and so that was the beginning of my awakening in this call to war. 
Um, and so what you're hearing me talk about is is literally years of spiritual warfare, years of deliverance ministry, years of going to other nations and, and doing this stuff and depending on the voice of the Lord as I've as I've taught you guys um, in this equipping class. And, and, and hopefully a lot of you had the impartation of prophecy. I know a lot of you. I mean, we have we have groups now from coast to coast, from north to south. Um, east to west, uh, all the way from New York, Alabama, North Carolina, Iowa, Kansas, California, and, and many others in between where many of you have reached out to me and we've made arrangements and you've actually experienced the, the impartation of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and particularly uh, the anointing of the spirit of prophecy and this equipping and this call to war that you're no longer powerless. So um, if you're listening and you've not received that impartation and you want you feel in the unction of the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm telling people all the time I'm, I'm going, you know, spending weekends uh, getting entire groups of people baptized in the Holy Ghost and and people in droves are are seeing visions and having dreams. And um, it's just it's the call of the Lord in this hour to awaken his army. So I just encourage you as I as I. Um, walk through the meaning of this dream and the confrontation and the war, some of you are going to recognize um, that, oh my gosh, I've, I'm a victim of Jezebel. And that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. The world is actually a victim of Jezebel until the Lord comes and drives Jezebel out. Okay. And so there's some telling, there's some telling things here um, that I want to, I want to talk to you about uh, for a minute. Um, and there's some key things in this dream. Okay. Number one is the battle axe. What is the battle axe? Um, and why is everybody in the uh, sanctuary um, basically unable to reproduce? All the men were had the word eunuch written on them. Um, a eunuch is somebody, if you, if you read uh, about Jezebel in 1 Kings chapter 18 through um, 2 Kings uh, there's still references to Jezebel in Second Kings, all the way up to Second Kings chapter nine, when they talk about Jezebel's children and, and some of that stuff. And so, as you read this, as you read this, you know Jezebel was basically she came from a a, a, a nation that functioned in witchcraft. They worshipped the 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 god Baal. Right. Um, they did witchcraft ceremonies. They worshipped the Ashtaroth pool. All kind of uh, sexual immorality. Um, um, but if you read about Jezebel, Jezebel, um, uh, two of the things that are uh, uniquely uh, identified with Jezebel are sorcery. She practiced witchcraft. The whole nation of Israel was turned to witchcraft, right? Um, and, and seduction. She seduced the people um, into worshiping her God, okay? And, um, you know, Jesus, and I'll reference this here in a minute again, but in Jesus, in, uh, in Revelation chapter two, um, the, you know, Jesus actually confronts one of the main heirs of the church. He says in, in, uh, Revelation two, verse 20, he says, you tolerate that woman Jezebel who seduces the servants of God. Um, and ultimately, they end up practicing sorcery, right? They end up practicing wor the worldly uh, things, and they, they accept things that are of the world. And um, 
so the battle axe um, opposes, is, is actually the weapon that the Lord gives to drive Jezebel out of the church, right? So what is what is the battle axe? The battle axe in, uh, in Jeremiah chapter uh, 51 um, I've taught you. I've taught you probably several months ago now about Jeremiah chapter one. When the Lord puts His hand on you, He touches you and He anoints you. He baptizes you in power of the of the power of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of prophecy. He actually is reaching out of heaven and and imparting to you the ability to hear His voice. Okay, and when uh, just as the instruction came to Jeremiah, He says. Uh, what I put upon your tongue will root up, destroy, and tear down demonic kingdoms and build and plant and establish the kingdom of the Lord. Okay, um, that's Jeremiah chapter 1. Um, when you get into uh, verse 10, 11, 12, um, the Lord actually verifies to Jeremiah what the battle axe is. Okay, he actually says, Jeremiah, what do you see? Meaning I'm giving you vision, I'm speaking to you, I'm imparting to you. I'm making you supernatural, okay? And uh, Jeremiah says, this is what I see. He talks about the almond branch. He explains it. And the Lord answers him and says, well, have you seen Jeremiah? I will execute it. I will make it happen, okay? That is the power of the Holy Ghost. There is nothing else that is the power of the Holy Ghost, okay? Scripture does not supplement or the scripture does not take the place of the voice. If you don't have the voice, if you don't hear the voice of God, if you don't have dreams and visions, um, there's an element of deception working in your life to some degree, either 100%, 50%, or whatever the limitation is, you've been deceived in relying on the voice, okay? And so there's no shame and condemnation in that. We've got to get you to recognize that the intent of the Holy Ghost is to empower you to be his army, that you would not sit and tolerate being a eunuch that cannot reproduce in the spirit, in the supernatural, but you would be the one walking into sanctuaries, walking into living rooms, walking into workplaces, walking into wherever the Lord leads you, releasing his battle axe and driving what has seduced and made the people captive, imprisoned, unable to see in the spirit, right? Brokenhearted. All these things are evidence of the Jezebel spirit. The Jezebel spirit is at war with the Holy Ghost, okay? The Jezebel spirit is at war um, with an intent to do one thing, to, re to re release such a fear and control over the people so that the people would run and hide instead of hearing the voice of the Lord. And many of you have, have been in generations of spiritual blindness, generations of denominations or or even generations of not even being in church never hearing the voice of the lord okay in this war um in the church um is actually outlined um in the battle between elijah and 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 jezebel Okay, in uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, I'm just going to paraphrase this for you. This is when Elijah basically calls down fire. Um, you know, he mocks Jezebel's false prophets, right? They, they cut themselves. They, they do their witchcrafts and all this stuff. Um, and when they're done and there, there is no supernatural that happens, um, Elijah 
build, builds an altar. He pours water on it. He calls down fire, puts a sacrifice on it, right? And, and the supernatural is poured out because Elijah knows the voice of the Lord, okay? And it says that Elijah, um, literally the anointing that came because of Elisha's relationship with the presence of the Lord turned the hearts of the people to be able to see that Jezebel's false prophets were after, were actually their enemies. And so this supernatural thing comes upon Elijah. It says that he took all of the false prophets. Um, there were like 850 of these guys. He took them all down to the brook to the brook and literally slayed them, right? He he destroyed them. He killed them. Okay? Um, that's what the anointing of Elijah is supposed to do to the enemy. Okay? But something happened. Okay? And when, when you get to 1 Kings 19, um, it says that Ahab came back, talked to, talked to Jezebel, uh, told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done to kill all of uh, her false prophets um, and how he had executed them with the sword. Uh, verse 2, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, meaning when Elijah heard what Jezebel had said, it said he arose and ran for his life. He went to Beersheba. Um, and if you read, if you read first Kings 19, it was like the spell of Jezebel came upon Elijah. The guy who was literally slaying prophets, calling down the fire of the Lord, meaning that you're prophesying, right? Elijah was hearing the voice of the Lord and he was prophesying. He was calling down the presence of, of the Lord and the presence of God came in such a powerful way that he literally destroyed all the false prophets that came against him. But when Jezebel herself came and spoke through this messenger, a spell of fear so powerful came upon uh, Elisha that it says he ran um, for days and hid in, in a cave, right? And so um, many of you deal with fear. I know fear is probably one of the top things that people deal with. Fear, depression, anxiety, different forms of oppression. Um, it comes, it is a sign to attack everybody. Okay. And so this is probably going to hit home with a lot of you guys, because there's a lot of people that deal with fear and even the most dominant personalities. When I get them alone and I begin to talk, talk to them, um, they actually begin to acknowledge that they actually face fear, um, by being as aggressive and dominant as they can, because that's, because it does have an influence on them. Um, so there's nobody that doesn't have an influence of fear. It's actually how you handle it and how you respond to fear. Okay. So the, so the story of Elijah, um, I've heard preachers talk about Elijah and say, Elijah was fired in this story. God fired Elijah. That, that's a lie from the devil. Okay. Because if you read in the midst of Elijah being in the cave, afraid, um, shaking in fear because this witchcraft spell, right? There's some big demonic powers. There are principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. I've told you guys a lot of stories um, about encountering some of these things. It's real, man. And it's not like they just show up. They actually show up with a presence of evil, an intimidating thing. Evil always works with three key things, intimidation, 
fear, and what the Bible calls an evil foreboding. Those There's always a presence. Uh, when the evil thing comes, there's always a presence. You either smell it, you feel it, you sense it, you're able to discern it. And those who are awakened with the gift of discernment are able to recognize it. Um, but typically, that evil foreboding, that presence of evil, always comes, the voice of it works to intimidate and release a fear on you um, to keep you um, basically cowering in a cave. Because if it can keep you cower, uh, cowering in a cave, then you're like those eunuchs sitting in church. They can't reproduce. But there is no condemnation in it, okay? How did the Lord bring Elijah out of the cave? You should read 1 Kings 19 and, and walk through the process because the Lord actually doesn't condemn Elijah. He speaks to Elijah, okay? He finds a way to release his voice into Elijah's heart, and it draws Elijah out of the cave. And Elijah puts his face in his mantle, okay? It says that um, Elijah, when he came out of the cave, uh, in uh, chapter 19, verse 12 and 13, it says, the still small voice broke through, right? He could hear the voice of the Lord. And Elijah came out, he heard it, he put his face in the mantle and stood at the entrance or the face of the cave, okay? It's from this point that the Lord did not condemn him, but he gave him his next marching orders, okay? Elijah was instructed, he anointed two kings, and he was sent to anoint Jezebel, right? Or I'm sorry, not, excuse me, not Jezebel. He was sent to anoint Jehu, who would kill Jezebel, right? Sometimes the things that you're going through in your relationship and awakening with the Holy Spirit will releasing an anointing upon people to kill the enemy that you've struggled with, all right? I'm preaching to somebody right now. Because when Elijah came out of the cave, he carried something. He had experienced something. He endured a darkness, okay? And the Lord didn't condemn him. The Lord actually could have saved him before he ran into the wilderness. But he let him experience it. And when Elijah came out of the cave, just like when Jesus came out of the desert, it says that Jesus came out in the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost, okay? Elijah came out of the cave in the anointing, he put he he reestablished the calling of God. That's what the mantle means. Okay, the mantle of the Lord was in his face. Okay, it could not be denied. It says Elijah put his mantle in his face, and he received instruction. His next instruction by the voice of God to go anoint two kings and Jehu, and. He went and found Elisha. We all know the story of Elisha. If you don't know the story of Elisha, Elisha followed um, Elijah. And in the, in the years following, Elisha birthed the school of the prophets. Okay, Elisha reproduced, right? He, he, he didn't stay a eunuch in that cave. He actually came out and reproduced. How did he reproduce? A school of the prophets, the prophetic anointing, actually Elijah was able to impart 
to the people in part to the those called by the Lord to flow in the prophetic anointing which all of you under the power of Christ are called to receive 1 Corinthians chapter 12 gifts of the spirit which includes the gift of prophecy right Paul said this, Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and then in uh, chapter 14, I wish that you all pray in tongues even more than you prophesy. He actually told them, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Why? Because the voice, when you hear the voice of the Lord, you're not no longer sitting as a eunuch in the church. You have the ability to reproduce because you hear him, not because the Bible scripture you know, not because the doctrines you follow, not because you're a good person. There's only one thing that makes a person able to reproduce in the kingdom, and that is the voice of the Lord, because the voice of God executes the kingdom. He reproduces through the voice. There's nothing else that reproduces. There's nothing else that causes darkness to flee. The voice, okay? And so when Elijah came out of the cave and he anoints these guys and he builds the school of the prophets, um, it was a revival, okay? It was the beginning of the, the coming death of Jezebel and the restoration. When Elijah, when, when Elijah gave his mantle to Elisha, it was a it was a sign of a of a of a of a new season, a new time, right? And the revival that broke out in Israel as Elisha did miracle after miracle and the supernatural flowed, right? Jezebel's gone, Athalilah, her daughter, um, she gets driven out, and um the Lord literally the anointing comes back into uh the nation. Um but the key here is, guys, that this war is still going on. This war that we just described between the fear that Jezebel um, releases upon the prophetic by either, you know, false doctrine that keeps um, the leadership from believing that the gifts of the Spirit are real, believing that it has a purpose, uh, and actually centering the church around hearing the voice of the Lord. If the church is not centered on hearing the voice of the Lord and the people that are sitting in the chairs and the pews cannot hear the voice of the Lord, guess what's happening? They're eunuchs. Churches, I don't care you, you I don't care what name you put on the outside, but if the sanctuary is full of eunuchs that don't hear the voice of the Lord, guess what's ruling over them? <laughs> Why do you think that bride in the dream was dressed in white? Because Satan comes as a false Christ. He comes as a false bride, right? He comes with an intent to make a body of people look righteous, and they even get to think they're righteous. But at the end of the day, what did the Lord reveal in the dream? He's basically saying, get Jezebel out of my church because my people are not meant to be eunuchs. My people are not meant to be in caves hiding. The prophetic anointing is supposed to be out in the open, looking for kings to lay their hands on, looking for the next prophetic sons and daughters to lay your hands on and prophesy and release the word of the Lord and awaken the army of the Lord to go into the world to do the, the Mark 16 calling, cast out devils, heal the sick, lay hands on people, baptize them, release them in the supernatural. And the reality is this, guys. Our churches today, the reason America's in the state that they're in is because the majority of our churches, they have a cross on the front door, but and, and they look righteous, but they're eunuchs. 
And the Lord is getting at the heart of the matter in this hour. He's calling um, people, single people. I've told you my story. The Lord's sending me around the world to, to literally walk into places that have never received the Holy Spirit. Places that had a cross in the front door, but they never received the Holy Ghost. And when, I'm out, when I walk out of there two hours later, hundreds of people baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, hearing the voice of the Lord, having dreams and visions. Right? That's how the Lord transforms places where there's where there's powerless eunuchs unable to reproduce into armies, right? And it's it's a it's a vision, it's a metaphor. The the vision of are you a eunuch or can you reproduce is I'm not talking about <laughs> I'm not talking about you being fully equipped in the natural. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about you having the ability are you a spiritual eunuch? Okay? And there's only one thing that is evidence of you not being a spiritual eunuch, and that is you having dreams and visions and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The voice of God is actually heard in you, and you actually release His voice because His voice is the only thing that reproduces. Okay? I'll get into that here in a minute because it's important that you understand how important the Lord views what a real testimony is. But before we do that, um, you know, Jezebel surrounded herself with eunuchs. At her table, in, in contrast, I'm going to contrast two things. I'm going to contrast the table of Christ, right, his communion table versus Jezebel's table. And Jezebel's table had two things, okay? All the food you could eat anytime you wanted. Anything in the natural, all the witchcraft, all the, all the, all the sex, all the, all the, uh, um, anything you wanted was anybody who was, who sat at her table with her, you could, you could have whatever you wanted, right? But, um, the false prophets, they sat there because they were under a spell and Jezebel's table. The other thing that was there were eunuchs. Okay. In 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 32, it talks about um, Jezebel's table, okay? Um, and her servants were eunuchs, okay? Um, why, why eunuchs? Why does, why does the enemy want eunuchs? Well, you know, a eunuch, they brought, they brought eunuchs in to take care of the, you know, the the high ranking, the king's daughters, all that kind of stuff. Um, they did not have to fear of the sexual intercourse and, and what would happen. Um, the eunuchs, all they did was serve. They basically took orders and did what they were told. Okay. A lot of people um, are used to going to church and being, you know, there's a lot of this servant mentality um, going, going through the church. And if you serve, you're in the kingdom. That's not true, guys. So that's a wrong definition of serving. Serving is actually the the body united in hearing what the Lord is saying. And you've got six people over here um, going to this city to do one thing. You have another 10 people over here who are working with, um, you know, getting, uh, getting porn stars and different people out of the industry um, and, and ministering and getting them healed and prophesying to them and uh, revealing to them what the Lord says versus what, you know, and there's just many different things. Everybody in the church 
should be hearing the voice of the Lord. The goal is you not coming to church and doing the box and um, somebody cleans the toilet, somebody does the, the uh, you know, fills the cups at the altar, somebody uh, does all the administration. That stuff all has to be done. But it should be done as the group and the sub-teams, more importantly the sub-teams in the organization that are lifted up by the apostolic anointing are empowered to hear the voice and therefore, you're not sitting there simply serving, thinking that you are um, in the right place, doing the right thing. That's, that's a false uh, form of acceptance, a false form of um, you're righteous. What makes you righteous is the voice of the Lord. Okay, there's nothing else that makes you righteous. Romans ten seventeen. faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The word hearing is the word echoe. Okay. It actually means to have a spiritual impartation. It doesn't mean that you heard a bunch of scripture um, and your pastor told you to uh, scrub the floors and therefore you're righteous. That's not how it works. Faith comes by hearing. The only thing that pleases the Lord is faith. So if you don't hear the Lord how can you operate in faith to do what he's saying if you're just simply being a eunuch and cleaning cleaning the church or doing car washes in the church? Those things are good things. I'm not telling you to stop doing them, but the groups of people functioning in the church need to be hearing the Lord together as the group of people is no longer just taking orders, but the group of people functioning as the church is an army, and you all hear the voice of the Lord together to do the supernatural. So Jezebel has eunuchs. Jesus does not have eunuchs, okay? Um, what does, what does, <laughs> this is going to be kind of funny, but um, what does Jesus have, okay? The anti-eunuch, the, 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 the one that is not the eunuch, right? The one that can reproduce in the spirit, and actually, this is a pretty big deal. Even in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 23, um, the Lord says, nobody who has been emasculated, nobody who's been castrated can enter the sanctuary. And so, listen, guys, he's talking about the Old Testament is a mirror of the New Testament. In the Old Testament, they're, ta they're literally talking about a male who was castrated. They said they couldn't come into the sanctuary, Okay. In the in the New Testament, it's a meta, it, 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 it's a mirror. Okay, in the New Testament, they're talking about the spiritual state of the heart. Okay, so in the New Testament, when when um, you are taking this scripture in context, he's talking about you. If you're in the sanctuary, you should be baptized in the Holy Ghost, hearing the voice of the Lord, flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, and doing the supernatural because you're reproducing. You're actually prophesying over people. You're actually casting devils out of people. You're actually laying hands on people and seeing them be healed. You're actually um, giving people spiritual sight and equipping them in the gifts of the Spirit. You're actually doing this stuff, meaning that you are not emasculated. You have the ability to reproduce. Okay? And so... In the, in the dream that the Lord gave me, I'm seeing this bride ruling over the people with these men with the word uh, eunuch written on them. What's the Lord showing me? He's showing me the false church. He's showing me um, a people that needs Jezebel driven out because, they, because their prophetic anointing doesn't exist. And the battle axe, the Lord puts a battle axe in my hand to actually come in, drive Jezebel out of the church. And the next step is that eunuchs 
are actually given equipment. How do you, how are you giving a given equipment in the spirit? Just as Jesus said, when he rose from the grave, stay in this city, don't leave. I'm going to send the wind out of heaven. I'm going to send the power of the Holy Ghost. And you are going to go into the world and be my witness. Okay. What does Jesus mean when he says, um, be my witness? Okay. When he says, be my witness. Um, well, actually, let me back up. Let me say it this way. In Revelation 19.10, Jesus reveals himself. He says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when Jesus is coming, he's talking, when Jesus is present, he's prophetically present, right? If I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost and, I'm, and Jesus is speaking to me, he's with me. Okay, the spirit of prophecy is flowing through me, meaning that I am the gate. I am the gate that he uses. He puts his hand on my mouth and, and he allow and the prophetic anointing flows out of me because I'm speaking his vision. It's not mine, it's his. Okay? And so he says the so for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what is a testimony? Okay? And and, and the second question is why is a true testimony prophetic? Okay, the word testimony, um, the Latin version is the word testes. Okay, the Greek word is the word sperma. <laughs> now, you're probably starting to get the picture. Okay, a testimony has, you know what the word sperma means, right? I mean, that's where you get the word, we have the word sperm, right? It's, it, 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 it is what connects with the egg right? And, and is the ability to reproduce. So what houses the sperma, the testes, okay? Um, and as we said, this is the power to reproduce spiritually. It's a, it's a metaphor, okay? It is, a, it is um, a revelation that Jesus is using uh, a, a uh, you know, literally a, a metaphor to um, articulate the fact that you are to be in the spirit of prophecy, equipped in the spirit of prophecy, in the gifts of the spirit, to be able to release his word, his sperma to people, right? His, his visions and dream are the sperma, okay? Okay? It's, it's released. As you get visions and dreams and you release them, you're releasing the sperma of God that can reproduce, Okay, people say when you when you preach or when you go places and I've heard you talk, you know, I, I, the hair in my arm stands up. I, 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 I feel an electricity. I um, sometimes I weep. Um, I have people tell me these different manifestations of the spirit. And my response to them is that that the Lord, what I'm speaking, you know, just as I'm speaking to you right now, I'm talking to you about a dream, a spur, an ability to reproduce something that is ripping out the false, the false kingdom and establishing the kingdom of the Lord, transitioning many of you from being eunuchs in the spirit to having been equipped in the spirit of prophecy, the reason those manifestations happen, um, you know, people fall, they, they, uh, demons are cast out of people, uh, you know, people are baptized in the Holy Ghost, they shake, they, um, I mean, just, that's what happens when the sperma of the Holy Ghost is 
on its way to reproducing in your heart. Okay? It's the supernatural. It's the it's the evidence of it. Um, and so when the Lord put the battle axe in my hand in the dream, the battle axe, what he gave to Jeremiah... You know, that scripture that I gave you in Jeremiah chapter 1 about, you know, the Lord confirmed with Jeremiah. He said, what do you see? And Jeremiah said, I see an almond branch. Um, and the Lord says, I will execute it. I will make it happen. He was confirming to Jeremiah that you have my sperma. You, you, are, you are testifying of me because you're speaking about what I am saying to you for the people that I'm, that I'm sending you to. Okay? You are going to reproduce. Okay, you are going to reproduce and you will tear down and rip apart demonic uh, limitations and spiritual blindness and in inabilities. And that's, you know, some of that's even happening to you guys listening right now. You're, you're some, some people, I mean, I have emails all the time. Um, they start to shake. Why am I crying? Um, because you're having deliverance. You are literally the sperma of the Lord is entering your heart and, and, and the demonic powers are being shaken free. False theologies, uh, bad uh, doctrines, lies about uh, the spiritual gifts not being present for today and about you not having a purpose and a call. Those are all lies of the devil. Okay, that's all evidence of Jezebel in some fashion ruling over you and making you a eunuch in the spirit. And I'm talking to women, men and women right now. I'm talking about your ability to prophesy, your ability to use uh, to hear the voice of the Lord in the spirit. And if you don't do that, you're a eunuch. Okay, Jesus, Jesus said, my, if you are testifying of me, it's because I'm putting my dream and vision upon you and you are speaking it. You are releasing my sperma. Okay, and and you may say, well, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. Well, let me let me teach you a little little deeper here. The Abrahamic covenant in general is sealed upon the genitals of Abraham and his descendants. Okay, it's not a yucky practice, but it's a powerful sign of the powers of generation in the bringing about of redemption in God's kingdom. Okay, circumcision. Why did the Lord circumcise? Abraham was the first guy he circumcised. Why did he do that? It was an outward sign of Abraham's genitals, right? That he was marked by God. Why, why and how did that happen? Okay, in, Genesis, in, in, in the book of uh, Genesis, when the Lord came to Abraham, he came to him in a dream, visions and dreams. It says the torch went between the sacrifice Okay, and he began to speak to, to, to Abraham. Okay, and he said, your descendants, your reproduction will be as the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky. Okay, in, in the book of Romans, why does Paul reference you being made spiritual? Um, in, in Romans chapter 3 and 4, he talks about... Um, you are sons of Abraham, you are descendants. As Abraham was given the ability to reproduce with dreams and visions, you also, through Christ, restoring the voice of the Lord to you in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are given the ability to reproduce in the Spirit. So people ask me all the time, well, I believe in Jesus, but I'm not sure that I actually need the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, well, no, no, then you have a false, you have a false understanding of Christ. You, you actually have a false understanding of church because Jesus came to restore, right? He came to restore. He came to pour out the Spirit of God upon all flesh. 
Joel chapter 2, verse 28, all flesh, that you would dream dreams and have visions. So you are to be circumcised, okay? What's, what's the New Testament talk about circumcision and, and, the, and the testimony, okay? Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, um, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the power working of God who raised him from the dead. Okay? So um, in the book of Ephesians, it talks about your circumcised, chapter one says that you are circumcised in your heart, right? So the circumcision is a new heart. You're giving a new heart. No longer do you try to um, simply scripturally achieve something. You actually hear God for yourself because you have a new heart, Right? And he, he actually gives you ears to hear in the spirit. And you walk according to his voice instead of being a servant to an organization. <laughs> you see, you should never be simply a servant to an organization. You should be part of the army who serves the Lord together by hearing him. And together you go out into the world and shake it in the power of the Holy Ghost because when you pray in tongues and prophesy, you're releasing the sperma of God. You are the testimony of Christ, okay? To, to, to drive this element home even deeper, okay? Um, when Jesus... When Jesus, Jesus could have chosen any metaphor, any um, application to demonstrate and articulate the kingdom of God and the outpouring of the Spirit versus the old covenant, which was powerless. Okay, but he, he chose a word. It was it was the word testament. It's the word um, testes and sperma that I that I explained to you earlier. Right, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Okay, so as you as you are anointed in prophecy, you see his vision, you see his dream, you're releasing his sperma. Okay, in ancient Rome, in ancient Rome, two men who took an oath of allegiance to each other. Okay, we're talking about like high-ranking generals in the Roman army. They when they when they made an oath to each other, they would go out in public. They would stand beside each other and they would bear themselves. They would drop their drawers, so to speak. And each man would put their hand on the other man's testicles. Okay? Now you may be laughing right now. It is, it is kind of funny. But Jesus, is, Jesus uses the word testimony to explain his presence. Okay? You're getting the picture. So the men held their testic the, the testicles as of each other as a sign of truthfulness and covenant. Okay? When the Lord says I'm in covenant with you, that means I'm touching your equipment. <laughs> I'm touching your 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 male fortitude. I'm touching uh, man and woman and making them able to reproduce in the spirit. And the only thing that makes you able to reproduce is I'm standing upon you touching your heart right because your heart is what is circumcised in the new covenant he's not talking about your sex organ okay he's talking about your heart being touched by the Holy Spirit circumcision is every day of your life 
the evidence of Christ every day beside you, if you can picture Jesus, the general of the army, you're in covenant with him. And so he's standing beside you using this Roman word that is articulated to demonstrate that Christ is with you, right? He's the one who makes you uh, supernatural. He makes you able to conquer. He makes you able to overcome. He makes you able to raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils. It is Jesus beside you. You are the testament of Christ. So when you get back to Revelation 19.10, it says the, 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 the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. He's talking that Jesus is stand beside you, standing beside you with his hand on your heart. He's on your spirit. And he's speaking to you. He's giving you dreams and visions. You're not a eunuch. No longer are you a eunuch, right? The Pharisee, the guys who thought they knew the scripture alone without the Holy Ghost, they were eunuchs. They were powerless, okay? They looked righteous, but they didn't have the testimony. Jesus says, I'm standing in front of you and you can't see me. Because you don't know the Holy Spirit. That's John 5, 5 uh, 38, 39, and 40. He says you search the Scripture because in the Scripture you think there's life. But you can't see me, the one who makes you virile. The one who touches you and gives you the sperma of the Lord. The dream of God. The vision. And when you speak it, you have the ability to reproduce. There is no supplement for it. There is no supplement for the presence of the Holy Ghost. Okay, you got the picture? That's a pretty cool picture. And that's why you need the voice of the Lord. That's why you need baptized in the Holy Ghost. All these theologies, all these things floating around mainstream American church, the reason why America for the most part is dead and you don't see revivals is because that Jesus isn't standing beside those who claim to know him because if, the, if he was standing beside them, listen, guys, I walk into living rooms all over the place. I go, I go to churches. I go to living rooms. I go to prisons. I go to third world nations. And guess what? When I prophesy, I can guarantee you a couple things are going to happen. There's going to be demons come out of people. There's going to be people weeping on the floor. There's going to be people shaking in the presence of the Lord. There's going to be people baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues for the first time in their life. Why? Because I'm not speaking words, just things and scriptures that I memorized. I'm speaking what the Lord is telling me to speak in that moment over people with the spirit of prophecy and the sperma of God, the very evidence of the, the, the God I know who's got his hand on my ability to reproduce is with me. Amen. That's what Jezebel fears. That's what Jezebel fears. And actually, Paul, Paul actually wept over the church, okay? Paul, Paul talks about, um, in several places in, in, in um, you know, the New Covenant, he talks about his concern for the emasculated church, okay? The emasculated church, the, the church that is unable to reproduce, he wept over it because he recognized that they be they they although they had known the Holy Spirit, they were reverting back to being like the Pharisee, right? The Pharisee, the, the Pharisees infiltrated the people had, who had been baptized in the Holy Ghost, 
and the, and and they convinced them to go back to ritual routine of simply being scripture dependent and defining what righteousness is on their own and they neglected the very fact that the only thing that gives you a testament is the one who has the ability to touch upon you what reproduces in you and give you his sperma his visions and his dreams and his supernatural it made paul cry as a father over the church paul cried right because what was happening emasculated believers were allowed to sit in the sanctuary and deuteronomy 23 verse 1 says do not bring him those who are not emasculated in the sanctuary why am i so adamant why am i so vehement about people being baptized in the holy ghost i mean i can give you story after story and i'll tell you the, the one thing when the lord sent me to india the first time i went he said i didn't bring you here to talk about me i brought you here to introduce me and that needs to sink into a lot of you because you don't need to know about jesus you don't need to know the story about jesus what you do need Huh. what you do need you hear me you need to be able to introduce him to people not by talking about him but by talking about what he's saying right now in the moment and that only comes when you're baptized in the holy ghost and you have dreams and visions you are truly um you are the testament of christ you are evidence of jesus christ being present amen and Je jesus actually said this to the church, Revelation chapter tw uh, chapter 2, verse 20. He says, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel. You tolerate being eunuchs. You tolerate people around you claiming to know Jesus, but they're eunuchs. You see, I don't tolerate people. If you're around me, if you are around me, you, I, can give you, I can give you testimony after testimony, person after person to call. If you're around me, you're, you're probably in, an, in, in, in about a half a day, you're either going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost or that demonic power that has, that has hindered you or kept you from being um, baptized in the Holy Ghost is going to cause you to run away and come up with some excuse so that you don't need God, that you can keep being a eunuch in a, in a dead place, uh, appearing righteous like that bride in white, but underneath is sorcery and seduction, and her name is Jezebel. And Jesus says this, don't tolerate it. Don't tolerate Jezebel whatsoever. Don't tolerate it. And every correction to the church in Re Revelation chapter 2 and 3, in the seven letters of the churches, Jesus ends it this way. He says, those who have an ear, let them hear. The correction to every error is you need to hear. You need to hear the voice of the Lord. The word hear is the word akoe. Okay, the word akoe means to be spiritually imparted, to receive the sperma of God. Go look it up. Akoe. It actually means a spiritual impartation continuously. Okay. And you may say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, let, let, me, let me help articulate a couple things to you. You know, the emasculated church, you may say, well, we don't openly practice witchcraft. We don't actually openly, um, you know, do sorcery and all that stuff. And I say, well, you know what? Let me ask you about five questions. Just give me five. And usually when I start doing that with people, they realize pretty quick that, oh my gosh, I'm surrounded by sorcery and seduction. Let me give you an example. I mean, I can give you a lot of examples. Um, witchcraft, divination, and sorcery is inundated in our culture. 
And I can guarantee you this, if you're not baptizing the Holy Gift, the Holy Ghost with the gift of discernment and able to discern evil in your presence, you become a victim. You become a victim of Jezebel and her sorceries that have uh, that rule over the world. And if you don't think this is a big deal, you know, you should you should read Revelation chapter 17. Right? The harlot woman, the harlot bride is a real thing. Okay? It it is the enemy of the revelation of Christ. Read it. Revelation 17, the harlot bride. The harlot bride is the is the opponent of the prophetic anointing. It is the proponent, it is the very thing that tries to keep you powerless. Laying, staying in caves, unable to reproduce because you don't hear the voice of God, right? And so if you ask, if you ask a couple questions, I mean, I've, I've been through this stuff with you over the last couple months, but I'm going to, I'm going to go through it real quick again. Witchcraft. Is there, do, do you practice hypnosis? Have you ever been hypnotized? Levitation, parakinesis, telekinesis, astral projection. Um, have you been to a fortune teller? Mediums. Do you practice and read a horoscope? Astrology, automatic writing, clairaudience, mind reading, numerology, palm reading, seances, tarot cards, Ouija boards, right? Dream catchers and many other sorcery things. Many other things in culture that don't irk you. If you, if all those things that, that I read off, if there's something in you that doesn't say, I hate that stuff, I'm, that is my enemy. That's the very thing that came to, to enslave me. If you don't feel like that, then there's probably things that have to be dealt with, guys. Okay? I mean, I hate my enemy. I hate these things because I see them ruin people's lives all the time. And I'll tell you what, one of the most deceiving forms of sorcery there there are, there is is modern music because most well I'm not going to even say most a lot of popular artists right that get prompted that get put into the limelight and they're culturally the most popular the most accepted a lot of these guys behind closed doors and some of them openly are practicing witches and warlocks okay they create their songs through incantations and different magic spells and different things where they get these downloads from demonic powers and they put these songs together and guess what? You sing them. Guess what? Most of culture sings the songs that are articulated and and they come out of the spirit world demonically um, infused, demonically birthed with an intent to enslave the masses. Okay. I mean, there's thousands of songs that are written by witches and warlocks. I mean, I'll just rattle off a couple here. Enter Sandman, right? That's a that's a big one for you metalheads. Um, Judas by Lady Gaga, um, and some of these, you know, some of these are five, ten plus years old. But um, I mean, even the rappers today. Katy Perry, ten years ago, she sang a song called Black Horse. It was about a satanic ritual. It was birthed with witches and warlocks that wrote the words about their satanic ritual. And guess what? You sing them. Most of, most of America, most of uh, the, the American church sings along. You may say, well, that's not a big deal. Well, guess what? Did I not teach you about um, Iscus power? Right? Ephesians 6 ver verse 10, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I taught you about 
when you hear the voice of the Lord and you speak it out of your mouth, you're actually releasing the power, the gifting that the Lord gives you. And you have, you are granted the ability to create. Okay. So when the Lord gives me visions and dreams and I'm prophesying over people and they're weeping, they're crying, they get baptized in the Holy Ghost. The supernatural is happening in their life because the direct voice of God, the sperma is going into them. Okay, I'm released, I'm, I'm functioning in my iscus power. Guess what happened when you're moseying along the grocery store or you're thinking that no big deal, I love Lady Gaga, I love, I love Katy Perry, I love, I love these certain singers, I don't know where they come from, I don't know how they create their songs, but I love the tune, I love it, it's catchy, and I'm going to sing along. Well, guess what? Just as there is iscus power that the Lord gives people that releases his sperma, his spirit of prophecy onto the earth. Guess what? As you sing these demonically inspired songs, there's demonically inspired iscus power as well. You're actually aligning your heart to speak a demonically charged sperma, a demonically charged enslaving and and um, cursing ability that the song is intended to give to those not only who hear, but to speak, okay? That's a pretty big deal, guys. And there's a lot of Christians. I, ca I cast devils out of more Christians. <laughs> this is funny. This is kind of funny, but it's real. I cast devils out of more Christians than I do people out in the world. And a lot of it has to do because I'm in the presence of, of more Christians and I'm sent to minister to help get them delivered. But guess what? The church is littered with people demonized. They don't know. You know why? Because Jezebel has had an influence at the very foundation of, of the church. We've had generations of guys who heard the call of God in their life. They go into seminary and guess what? These seminaries are actually cemeteries. They don't have the voice of the Lord. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They have doctrines that negate the reason for the Holy Spirit, that the Lord doesn't speak these days, that He's not real, that He doesn't anoint people to cast out devils, heal the sick, and raise the dead. Those are all lies. Well, guess what? That's Jezebel, guys. Jezebel has infiltrated the very places that train many of our denominational leaders, and they bring doctrines into our churches for decades, making you under the spell of a Jezebel spirit making many hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands and even millions of people who think they're righteous because they see a white bride, but they're actually eunuchs. Okay. And so I, I'm telling you that I'm giving, I'm illustrating to you evidence, evidence that Jezebel is real and Jezebel, I fight Jezebel um, as a main enemy. Any, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I take the prophetic anointing to equip people all over the place in the spirit of prophecy to hear the voice of the Lord. Because the Lord says, I will start everything new by Joel 2.28. You will dream dreams, have visions. I will launch you. I will release my sperma into you and launch you into the supernatural. That you no longer would be a victim of Jezebel, but you would come out of your cave and hear the voice of God. Are you picturing this, guys? Are you getting, the, are you getting this? Are you are getting your mind wrapped around the reality that you are in a war? Whether you believe it or not, there's a war all around you and Jezebel hates you. Jezebel hates you. And this goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, right? It was about the voice of the Lord. 
Adam knew what the voice told him. Adam actually heard the voice. He disobeyed the voice. And the serpent said, oh, has God said, da, 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 has God said. He actually devalued the voice. And guess what happened to Adam? Right? Guess what happened to Adam? Adam became a gardener in the war instead of a warrior in a garden. And the Lord is restoring his voice. He's restoring his prophetic anointing upon the church in this hour. He's, a, he's awakening single individuals and making you a supernatural force. And just as the Lord did to me, just as the Lord anointed me to trust and believe in him in supernatural ways, the Lord is awakening people to do the same thing. I mean, how can how can one guy be responsible for going into third world nations and seeing hundreds of thousands of people baptized in the Holy Ghost and seeing the supernatural? And then the Lord sending me back here and now launching me into America, whether it's in a living room, in a, in a church, um, in a small group, whatever. The Lord is awakening people to hear his voice all over America in this hour. OK, and this is the hour of Elijah, guys. This is the hour of Elijah. Um, in the book of Malachi, there's a prophecy, uh, Malachi chapter four, verse five, behold, I send you Elijah, the prophet before the coming and grateful day of the Lord. What's that mean? The fear of God comes when the Lord speaks and it's called Elijah. It's called when Elijah comes out of the cave because he heard the voice and he puts his face in, the, in his mantle, symbolizing that there's a call of God in his life. Every person I'm speaking to right now under the sound of my voice, I can't tell you enough. There's a call of God on your life, and it's bigger than wherever you're at right now. It is so much bigger. It's so much more profound because when you become sperma-driven, when you when you become um, when you say, you know what, I'm not going to be uh, relying on doctrines and routines and 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 structure and all that junk that has made me a eunuch, willing to serve nothing, but. You, you literally, when you're anointed in the Holy Ghost and the sperma of God comes upon your life, you're baptized in the spirit of prophecy. You hear his voice. You too are given a battle axe. You too are given a battle axe to drive Jezebel out of your life and out of the lives of the people that he sends you to. Jesus actually referenced Elijah, the coming of the spirit of Elijah, Matthew 13, 11. Uh, I'm sorry, Matthew, Matthew 11, 13, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah. Are you willing to receive it? Verse 15, he who has an ear, let him hear. Akoe. The word here is the word Akoe. Receive the impartation of the Holy Ghost, right? Do not tolerate this woman Jezebel. Do not tolerate the woman Jezebel. Do not tolerate it. Okay, long, long before the Lord sent me to India, sent me, started sending me into the churches and doing all that, the Lord gave me a mission. I didn't realize how big the mission was, but looking back now, I know how big that mission really was. In 2013, the Lord sent me to Pittsburgh. He sent me into a chemical plant. I was sitting at my desk one day. Okay, got me a job at this chemical plant. I just obeyed him. I said, yes, I went in. I'm sitting at my desk one day. I'm, I'm minding my own business. I'm responsible for environmental health and safety at a chemical plant. Pretty big deal, right? I mean, chemical plants can blow up all this stuff. I'm sitting there, got my office door closed. I'm focused on something. All of a sudden I hear the Lord say, go to the nurse's office. She needs the Holy Ghost. I'm like, I've sit back. I said, what? We had a full-time nurse, right? We had a chemical plant, injuries, all that stuff. Full-time nurse. So I walk down, I walk down, I get off, I get off my keister 
and I walk into the middle of the chemical plant where the nurse sits. I walked in her office. She's sitting at her desk. I said, "Hey, I'm the I'm the new I'm the new guy." Wanted to introduce myself. She goes, "Oh yeah, I heard about you. I got your physical." Um, I said, "Well, that's kind of not why I'm here. I'm here. I think I need to ask you a question. Um, do you know the Holy Spirit?" And she started to weep. She opened her book and she pulled out a piece of paper, and written on it was the words, "I need the Holy Spirit." <laughs> Now, this is where the supernatural part starts, guys. Her, she goes, oh my gosh, I have this Bible study. Um, can we do this? Can you come to our Bible study? So she brings like five people that she had been studying the Bible with, and they've been on this Acts chapter 2 topic of the Holy Ghost. They were from all from denominations that were they opposed the Holy Ghost. They opposed prophecy. They opposed all that stuff. And she goes, I want to know if this is real. Well, guess what? That day at lunchtime, her and five other people got baptized in the Holy Ghost in my office. People out on the floor. One one woman got so filled with the Holy Ghost, she's she's laughing hysterically. This went on for weeks and months. Okay, ten people filled with the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. They're coming to my office every day for for quote unquote. We're, we call it Bible study, but it's actually gifts of the Spirit equipping class. And people beginning to have visions and equipped to pray in tongues, equipped with all the gifts of the Spirit, right? They're, they're, they're equipped with the testes. They're, they're actually being given balls in the Spirit. They're actually, <laughs> that's a funny thing, but um, they got some kahunas, right? They're, they're actually now able to reproduce. And I mean, the chemical plant, people are, it's, it's crazy. It's electric. I mean, every day there's new people coming to my office getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, word spreads, okay? HR gets involved. Corporate HR ends up calling me. I end up calling the guy came in from out of town. I end up in his office and he says, he goes, listen, I'm a Christian. And I, you know, there's one thing, you know, he, he, was, a, he was a Baptist guy, an anti-Holy Spirit guy. He goes, I believe in, you know, sharing the Bible and stuff. But he goes, things are kind of out of control. I said, well, that's the Holy Ghost. He sent me here. Um, to do this, he sent me here. He sent me that to that nurse's office, um, and it's going to continue. He goes, "Well, I'm just warning you. Um, you have some opponents here at this plant." Um, he goes, "I'm just, I'm, I'm warning you." He goes, "Just stop it." Um, I said, "I'm not going to stop it." The next day, uh, the site level HR lady, um, you know, she made a real big deal about this. And uh, the corporate guy calls me back in the office the next day. And he says, uh, you know, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get really bad. And I said, well, I can't, I can't stop. The Lord told me to come here to do this. The Lord told me. And there, you know, there's probably a lot of religious people listening to this right now saying, well, that's not following the rules. Listen, when Paul went into foreign nations who worship Satan, it was illegal, Right to practice Christianity. They burn Christians at the stake. Did Paul stop speaking? When I go to India or when I go to Pakistan, when I go to a foreign nation that is um, Islamic um, and opposes the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ, do I stop speaking? No. You know why? Because I heard the voice. I did what the voice told me to do. I came out of my cave and the Lord taught me a lesson in this process. And so I'm sitting there in this office being threatened um, 
with with lawsuits and and all kind of stuff. Well, guess what? This is where the this is where it gets kind of freaky. This is where the supernatural kicks in, guys. I go home that night like every normal night, talk to my wife, tell her what's going on. It's getting kind of crazy. You know, there's 30, 40 plus people now praying in tongues, supernatural people beginning to prophesy, people having dreams, supernatural things, right? We're having church. We're having real church. No, We're, we're having sperma style church at the, at the, at the chemical plant, right? There's people getting prophecies, people um, praying for each other, people getting healed, supernatural stuff. And so I'm telling my wife, you know, it's getting crazy. It's getting wild. I don't know what's going to happen. And something about my wife, she always say, did the Lord say it? And I say, yeah. And and she always supports me. She says, do it. (laughs) No matter what the consequences, you do it. Okay. There's nothing that trumps the voice of the Lord. So I come in the next morning, and one of the first ladies with the, nur- with the nurse in my office that got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I mean, she's set on fire at this point. She runs into my office. She goes, did you hear? She says, the HR lady suddenly became ill last night. They took her to the, to the emergency room, and within an hour, she was pronounced dead. They have no idea why. And I'm telling you what, man, I can feel the presence of the Lord. I sat back in my chair. And the next words out of this woman's mouth were, this is an act of God. She started to cry in my office and she says, this is like Ananias and Sapphira. The fear of the Lord is coming to this place, isn't it? And I'm telling you what, guys, she ran out of my office and she started to tell people what really happened to that woman, that she opposed the move of God. And you may say that's crazy. I've never heard anything like it. Yeah, well, when you're called to do supernatural things, the Lord is going to send you to trust his voice in places that the average religious guy, right? The guy who follows common rules, the guy who follows what the government says, the guy, when the government says, get your shot or don't do this, don't do that. You just do it. That's a, that's religious. Okay. That's religious. The Lord awakens people in the supernatural to follow his voice and trust it in the most um, the, the most opposing moments where your life's at stake. You don't need Christ when your life's not at stake, right? Jesus, Jesus said, I'm only alive when you're dead. And the only way that's truly found out is when he speaks to you and you obey and you, you follow what he said. Okay, it doesn't take a it doesn't take a guy supernatural to read a Bible. It does take a supernatural faith to listen to the Lord and do what he said, because you could lose everything. You could lose your job. You could be in debt from losing a house. All of it. Right. It all it all gets put in your face. Are you going to follow the voice or aren't you? And so after this moment, um, just amazing supernatural things happen. And I'm telling you that story because. The spirit of Elijah brings you out of the cave. You can't come out of the cave on your own. There's people listening to me right now that you, you're recognizing, oh my God, I'm a eunuch, right? 
You can't come out on your own. You can't just decide to come out on your own. There's only one thing that brings you out. That is the voice of God. And when you wrap your face in your mantle, when he speaks to you and says, this is what you are, this is what you're going to do. You're going to, you're going to follow me. I'm going to, I'm going to take you um, into the supernatural. I'm going to send you places. I'm going to call you to do things that the natural religious guy would just sit there like a eunuch in a pew, making sure they don't upset anybody, Right? But I'm calling you to even oppose the religious. When Ezekiel was called as a prophet in the prophetic anointing, uh, Ezekiel chapter 2, it says, Stand on your face, or I'm sorry, stand on your feet. I have something to say to you. I am sending you to a rebellious people. He was sending them to the religious. Okay? And I'm talking bold like this because I've been in enough dead churches to know and recognize the situation, to know and recognize um, whether the, the, they're going to embrace the outpouring or they're not. I've been kicked out of places that claim to want the Holy Spirit, and I've been sent into places that I thought I was going to get kicked out, and ended up the pastor has a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit. He's laying on the floor shaking. He gets up and says, oh my God, the Holy Ghost is real, and the rest of the sheep get baptized and the Holy Ghost with them, okay? I don't fear getting kicked out of places. I don't fear not being accepted. But you know why? Because my life comes from the voice. My life comes from the one who has the ability to reproduce in me, to produce in me, to restore my life, to establish my life, to, to do everything for me. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, the voice of God. And there's no substitute for it. And that's why Paul says, as he's weeping over the church, right? As he's weeping over the church, most of it being emasculated, he says, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy, right? First Corinthians chapter 14, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Why? So that you have sperma to impart to people in the world that you may reproduce spiritually because Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. In the revelation of Jesus Christ, he is the spirit of prophecy. There is no substitute. You can't read the Bible enough. You can't do enough good works. Nothing. There is no substitute for the voice of God. And the only way prophecy manifests in your life is when you have dreams and visions. And the Lord promised this in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You will dream dreams and have visions and you will prophesy. Okay, so the issue is about being imparted, having, having, having Jezebel driven out and having the spirit of prophecy imparted to you. Amen. And so I wish I was present with you all that I could lay my hands on you because a lot of this is imparted. But, you know, I've had people testify and say, hey, I was listening to this. I heard you when you prayed for me, I started to cry. I started to weep. I started to pray in tongues for the first time. I'm having my first vision. And so things are happening in a distance it's from people hearing um, the, this, these teaching, these spiritual impartations, um, and especially me talking about uh, the dreams and visions that the Lord gives me to give you, okay? And so I'm just going to pray for you right now. Um, again, I just, I mean, there's no group too small that I won't figure out how to get to if I sense in you that you desire everything that the Lord has for you. So I encourage you, reach out to me, send me an email, 
um, we'll talk and figure out um, how to get you and your group um, baptized in the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, and you may say, well, I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, but I don't see visions and dreams. Well, then I would argue that you probably weren't baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because the evidence of being baptized in the Holy Ghost is you hear the voice of the Lord and, it, and the gifts of the Spirit actually flow through you. Okay? The t- tongues, words of knowledge, faith, um, laying hands on people and seeing people get healed, that is the promise of the Lord. That he, The evidence of you knowing Him is that He would be beside you, making you virile. Making you virile in the spirit, giving you visions and dreams to release his sperma into the people. And that's a prophetic picture, guys, right? It's a prophetic picture. I'm not, you know, don't take this out of context. It's a prophetic picture that the Lord gives you um, the ability to be virile, right? To reproduce, to cause spiritual children, meaning that others around you will have visions and dreams. Okay? And so I, I encourage you to reach out. Because we're seeing, I mean, no matter how small or how big, I, I'm making arrangements to go places and uh, we're seeing supernatural things, okay? We're seeing bodies, you know, groups of people baptized in the Holy Ghost. And um, the next question with pastors that I'm working with is, how do I manage this? Because I can't pastor the way I used to, right? Guys, guys realize that they can't teach servanthood anymore the way they did. They have to actually be apostolic and be a platform for the people coming together as an army because now they're all hearing the voice of the Lord and you actually have to orchestrate that army in hearing God to to empower them to go do what the Lord's telling them to do instead of keeping them inside the sanctuary as eunuchs. Amen? So I hope that hits home with you. Um as to being able to identify if, if you know, you're a spiritual eunuch or not, okay? And so I'm just going to pray right now. Um, Lord, I just pray for every person hearing this right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I release, I've released your battle axe. Lord, I've released the vision that you've told me to release today. Um, and I, I just decree, Lord, that there are, there are eunuchs right now that have never prophesied. There are eunuchs right now that have never seen your vision, never seen your dream, never um, worked in any gift of the Spirit. Um, Lord, I just release uh, the battle axe of this vision into uh, Jezebel. I command Jezebel to go. I command the fear and intimidation and every generational curse of witchcraft and sorcery that is used by the Spirit of Jezebel to keep the prophetic awakening dead. Um, I just break that power right now in Jesus' name. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. I command Jezebel, come out. Jezebel, go. Every false doctrine um, and imprisoning uh, lie uh, that has been embedded in the hearts of men uh, that make them religious eunuchs, I break that lie right now in the name of Jesus. And I release upon every person hearing right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray the Lord for even supernatural signs and wonders. I just, in the, in the, in the spirit, guys, I just see the hand of God being placed on people's shoulders, being placed over people's eyes, um, being placed on their back. Um, and that's just the evidence that the Lord is circumcising you. 
that he's putting his mark on you, that he's giving you a new heart and that he is imparting to you the Holy Ghost right now in the name of Jesus. He's imparting to you visions and dreams and the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost and uh, the Mark 16 signs and wonders are going to follow you in the name of Jesus. You're going to raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils. You're going to pray in tongues and impart the ability to pray in tongues to others around you. In the name of Jesus, you're going to, you're going to organize, um, there's people listening to me right now that you're being called a, a prayer warrior. You're going to organize intercession. There's people right now that are getting instant visions. You're going to be um, doing deliverance ministry and healing. There's people right now that are going to be called uh, to different churches, different places in this nation, and even to other nations. Um, you're going to prophesy. You're going to stand in places, and you're going to see demons cast out of people. You're going you're gonna to actually prophesy and see people healed. You're going to prophesy and see demons cast out. You're going to prophesy and see tens, hundreds, and thousands of people imparted the Holy Ghost that the sperma of the Lord would multiply through you. And I, I just decree, I just, I take the eraser of the Lord right now and I erase every lie, every doctrinal lie and every influence of evil that has made you a eunuch. I break that lie in Jesus' name and I call you virile. You are a virile believer in the name of Jesus. You're potent. You're not impotent. You're potent in the name of Jesus. I break the spell of impotence off of the people hearing right now, and I decree um, that you are going to be so, uh, you are going to be uh, the one who, who takes the sperma of God, the, 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 and you're going to have sons and daughters all over the earth you're going to have spiritual sons and daughters all over the earth that are are the ones that um, you've produced because the Lord has put his prophecy on your tongue for them. He's put the unction upon your heart. Your hands are going to, going to burn for people. You're going to lay your hands on them. They're going to be healed in the name of Jesus. You're going to minister to people in the power of the Holy Ghost and the supernatural is going to come upon you. So Lord, I just release that grace. I release the battle axe of the Lord, the vision of God. Um, to make the people of God virile in the Spirit. Lord, I release the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon them all. Lord, and increase. I pray for increased dreams, increased visions, increased words of knowledge, increased wisdom, increased prophecy, increased working of miracles, increased discerning of spirits, increased wisdom, increased tongues and interpretation of tongues, increased a hearing of the voice of the Lord. Lord, let the grace increase in their life in the name of Jesus. Lord, let let them, Lord, let people who are sitting um, in small towns, in small churches that are just generational um, and they fear leaving those places, Lord, because of of uh, the opposition and, the sh and being shunned um, because of the traditions and what the rest of the group um, is, powerless eunuchs. Lord, I pray that you would anoint these single ones, Lord, that I right now in the spirit, I see burning. I see this flame of the Holy Ghost coming on people, individuals, and that you you right now, you're fearing that you're being, you're the only one. And you're wondering 
Oh my gosh, I'm the only one. I'm going to be shunned. And the Lord says, do not fear. I am with you. Do not fear. I am the fire upon you. Do not fear. And um, you're going to supernaturally be able to stand up and begin to confess the power of the Holy Spirit to people. And you're going to begin to see the vision of the Lord and be bold and righteous in the power of the Holy Ghost. And everything's going to shift in your life. And there's going to be people that come with you. And there's going to be people that continue to shun you. And the Lord says, do not fear man. I didn't call you to fear man. I didn't call you uh, to to um, live life happy or not because you've been rejected or not or because you've been accepted. I am the one who's accepted you. I am the one who's adopted you. I am the one who makes you supernatural, says the Lord. I am the one who has called you with a purpose. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just release that grace over the people listening to this right now. And I just prophesy that you are part of the army. You are part of this new awakening. You are part of this new grace and this supernatural thing that the Lord is doing, just like he sent me into a chemical plant to stand in the evil day, to stand against Jezebel and watch how the Lord deals with situations, not letting any of his words fall to the ground void but saying, I am the one who stands with you and I will take care of this situation. Amen. So Lord, let that grace, let the grace, let the fear of God come upon the people that hear right now in Jesus name. Father, amen. All right, guys. Thanks for, thanks, uh, for your continued focus and thirst after this stuff. I know this this is not for the faint of heart. This is there's if you if you've made it to number 32, I'm telling you there's a call of God on your life. Because most people most people don't hang around me uh past number 3 or 4, okay? Unless there's a real call of God on your life because um it's a grace. You can't you can't go into the supernatural without his grace. There's no faking it. Okay? You can't fake it. You're either Vero or you're a eunuch. Or you're being called out of being a eunuch. Right? Knowing that he is the one who equips you. So, Father, again, I just, I thank everybody. I thank I thank you for listening. And I just encourage you guys, the Lord is going to do a supernatural thing with you. Amen. Look forward to next week with you. And uh, for those of you that I got on the schedule... Um, I'm just pumped. I'm excited. Um, the, these, these meetings, these, these living rooms where we have 30, 40, 50 people and these, these churches where, where, you know, we've got these brave pastors who are saying, you know what, I don't care what the denomination says. I don't care what, um, is going to happen. There's something burning in my gut. I need this. I need this impartation. I just, I thank you guys. I thank you for, for the courage that you're finding in the Holy Spirit, um, and, and, um, you're going to be part of this new revolution because I don't know if you realize it guys, but that's what's happening in America. You're in the midst of a revolution and it's not simply about a, a, a government and a world government even that is in rage. They're in rage because there's a great awakening on the horizon. And if you're, I'm just telling you guys, um, as you're being drawn deeper into the prophetic, you're going to have a revelation of why you're different and why you, um, you you're going to have this revelation that you you are you're called one. You're you're it's supernatural. It can't be faked, right? 
And the burning in your belly right now is the evidence. The weeping. There's people weeping. I know you are because I can feel it, man. I mean, there, there's people right now that are just like, my God, this is real. And so I just encourage you, keep praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep seeking the dream and the vision of the Lord. Fast and pray. And um, amen. I'll see you next week. All right, guys. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.